Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Today's episode, we're talking with Andy Bentley. Now, the wild thing is, some of you people out there, including Andy, you've listened to the podcast for a very long time. I'll then ask, what's wrong with you? Is your head broken? But we won't go there just yet. Andy, thanks so much for joining us as an OG listener from 2018 on My Millennial Money. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Are you ready to get down and dirty about all your money story, your life and everything in between? Absolutely. I'm here for it. All right, let's get it on. So if I was to ask, who is Andy Bentley? What would you say the answer to that is? Poor, I would say. Andy Bentley is a short, hyper, blonde gal living her best life out there, just trying to spread happiness and joy. That's awesome. And where are you calling in from? I am living on the Gold Coast currently. Oh, cool. What part? Palm Beach. The place. Shut up. My sister lives there. What? Yeah. Maybe we're neighbors. We basically are. Well, (laughs) we as in you and my sister, but. I'm always there once or twice a year. So how amazing cool. is it? It's literally yeah. the best place. Yeah. So it's um yeah, it's really cool. Like we always just grab stuff from the collective and oh, um, I'm going there yeah. tonight. Oh. Awesome. Love it. So it's interesting, like you are who you say you are because when we do these remote recordings, I'll sometimes just like turn the microphone on and the camera on and then go get my cup of tea. And then usually I get back and there's someone sitting there politely waiting. Anyway, I hear from like the kitchen, hello. Like, so you're like bundle of energy into the studio. So that's awesome. What do you do for life? Um, For life? I knew you were going to ask this. I've actually had a bit of a chaotic learning half year um, because I graduated uni end of last year. And then I did go into a marketing gig, but it really wasn't my vibe, wasn't happy energy. So I recently quit it. And just was working at a cafe whilst I was trying to find something else. But now I have a really awesome job. It's literally the funnest job ever. I work for a company that helps um, other businesses, employees who like work from home feel connected. And um, we like run games that they all join. And so like I'm the host. So I'm a game show host. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Hence the background. (laughs) Yes. And that's what like your background. It's a fun background. Yeah. Bananas. I, yeah, I didn't want to ask what it was about because it might come out. And you're, yes, so you uh, get paid by a company that has virtual games for online teams. Yes. And it's really good because it's like contracting. And so you can just say yes or no to games. And it's pretty good pay as well. So, do you want a bit of cash on the side 
not through your main business to do one for my team one day. Absolutely. I would love that. We we will talk because (laughs) I, so every, in our virtual team, and this is really good because a lot of these interviews that I do with listeners about their story, we just kind of don't really have a theme and we will get into some money stuff, but it just goes wherever, right? And Mm -hmm. COVID's pretty much on the out now and we're back to kind of normal and a lot of teams are still keeping hybrid. So, when there's big disruption in the world, new jobs and new industries can come about. I would imagine your current job wasn't available four years ago. Yeah, they've been running for 10 years, but they okay, used to well, only be- No, yeah. no, no, no. But you're, you're partly right because <laughs> okay. it used to all be in person. And then just before COVID hit, apparently they were trialing the online and then COVID hit and they were like, okay, now we have to do this online. But it's phenomenal and it's so fun. Like people have the best time because I thought it was going to be a bit cringy, but mm. it's not. People get so involved. I love it. Yeah, because we do a weekly Friday afternoon hangout with my team and it's just a catch up. We do one on Monday morning. Monday morning, it's like 80% serious, Mm. 20%, you know, because we like to keep the human touch and all that, a bit of fun. Friday afternoon, it's pretty much the opposite, 80% fun, chill, hangout. And, you know, we used to do the Kahoot or something like that. Oh, my gosh, Um, that's such a good game. (laughs) Yeah, so, but- I'll, we'll talk and uh, we'll, we'll get you to do a game with us. Um, I would love that. And that would be lots of fun. So, if you, you know, we might put your company's details or something in the show notes. So, yeah, I don't want to sure. get you in trouble, but we'll we'll put a link, whether it's you directly or um, we'll try and get you some work. So, you were in marketing. Like, yes. what do you want to do? What do I want to With your career. Do? Oh, big question. Um, well, I know that. It's kind of not hugely specific yet because I'm just I'm just trialing everything out, you know, because I'm only 22. I don't have to have it all figured out, which is why I keep reminding myself. But essentially, You're absolutely correct. <laughs> thanks. Essentially, I just want to help people in whatever area that might be. So, like for the moment, it might just be making employees feel happy on their day where they get to join the game. But I think the big picture is I definitely do want to go into kind of, um, I don't want to say self-help, but like teaching people skills to look after themselves and stuff. Or part of like an organisation that does that type of agenda type stuff or do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to like, what are you thinking with your career? Both. Like I want to learn from other people and be part Mm. of a company, but I definitely see myself being a girl boss in the future, but I'm just focusing on learning and growing. So, you said, like, at the time we were recording, it's 3 p.m., uh, yes. it's a school day. Yes. You said, like, you've got a, a meeting at quarter to five, so you've got work this afternoon. Like, yeah. your current role, is that full-time hours or is it part-time? So, it is basically how I'm however many games we get given and whether you say yes or no to them. So like during, apparently during towards the end of the year, you could have like six games a day, which is quite a lot because they're high energy. Um, But at the moment they're just really chill. So Mm. I'd say it's part-time, but they did tell me straight up. They were like, don't rely on this as like your full-time income in case there are no games that we get booked, you know? Um, So I currently have my cafe job at the moment, but I'm about to do some freelance marketing for another yeah. company. What yes. type of like marketing type of work do you like doing? Um, 
Mainly content creation. So making reels is like my jam. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, other skills, like, do you do Photoshop stuff, InDesign, Canva? Like, do you oh, get your love hands Canva. dirty? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like doing and, that And too. have you done much, like, in your career with, um, like, Squarespace or anything web, web-based? Not hugely. I was a marketing manager for a company called Nice Coffee Co., yeah. um, which is non-profit, non-for-profit coffee company, which is yeah. really fun. That yeah. wasn't the shitty one. <laughs> yeah. This one was the good one. Yeah. Um, and so I can't even remember what program we used for the website, but I did have a good um, good fun, like, making that mm. all, all aesthetic and stuff. But I don't know the coding behind stuff. Yeah. You got this gig economy going, basically. Mm-hmm. You're 22 years year old. You're on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. What did you want to do, like, growing up? Like, what was childhood like for you? Well, great question. I had a really good and very, very random childhood. Um, I've lived in five countries and gone to 12 schools. So I've moved around Jeez. a lot. Who are you? I know, random. Yes. <laughs> um, I've dad. lived in the same postcode for 37 years. Stop. And I'm about to move at the time of recording to a new postcode. <gasps> That's huge. That's actually huge, though. I'm excited. I know. For you. I, it's been a process of like mourning. <laughs> yes. Um, and excitement. Yeah. Oh, mourning. Nah, it, yeah. it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. yeah. So, moved around a lot, went to lots of different schools. And. Childhood. Sorry, I did interrupt you. Why did you move no. around a lot? Mainly because my dad is a really random guy and just loves to move and travel. And then also for like health reasons, because when I was younger, I was quite ill. Um, and so we went like overseas for treatment and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, but I'm all good do you, now. Do you share the nature of the illness? Publicly? Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. I'm totally happy to speak about it. Um, no, I had um, cancer when I was younger. I just oh. didn't want to drop the C-bomb so early on. Oh, no, no. Um, it's um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. And But you're totally – what type of cancer was it? Leukemia or – um, I, it was an Owing sarcoma, so it's like in the bones. So oh, wow. So. wow. Yes. I'm so sorry. Can you hear the dogs barking? Yeah. Are they your dogs? I'm staying at a friend's house at the moment. Oh, what are the dogs' name? Oh, the dogs are called Spotso and Lulu and they're so cute. Spotso and Lulu, get your act together. We're trying to run a podcast. No, that's all right. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's horrendous and we, we might be able to swing back around to that. Uh, so you had to move around a lot. Your dad's quite random. Um, you clearly take after him. I can see if you're describing him as that one who's like <laughs> buzzing around everywhere. What countries did you go for treatment? Um, so we went to England cause my mum's side of the family is all British. Mm. And then we went to a little random island called Sark, which is in the Channel Islands, it's near Guernsey, if you know where that is. No, I'm same Not, postcode guy here. I don't know yeah, much about the world. No, it's fine. Nobody really knows where it is, mm. but it's like this tiny little island. Mm. There's no cars on it because it's so small. Um, it's really off the grid. Okay, so travelled for health, random. What, why was it some type of retreat where it was alternative treatment or was there some specialist there? What was the deal there? Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, basically, I'm happy to speak about it. I just feel bad because yeah. everyone's like, tell me about money. Um, but no, but, but this is like the whole thing. Our yeah. money is part of our life and our this life is, is part of our money. So, 
when we start talking about the money, it's really important to know what your experience with life has been. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, we were there because when I was young, like when I was one, I got cancer mm. and then I had chemotherapy and it went away. Yeah. And then when I was five, um, the cancer came back and then wow. I was having chemotherapy again, but it really just wasn't working. Like it was really mm. just killing me. Mm. Um, and they like, my granny's so funny. She's like, she told me this year, she was like, I didn't want to say anything to your parents, but I genuinely thought you were going to die. I was like, oh, my God, granny. It's so morbid. But anyway, um, and then halfway through my treatment, I think my parents were kind of looking for anything that would work. They were never really holistic because they'd never grown up like that. But they had a friend who was a nurse and into the holistic side of things. And she was like, look, why don't you look at natural treatment? And so they went down that route. But in Australia, if you want your kid to have not have chemo, they take your kid off you. So we went to England so that we could do a natural treatment, obviously with doctors following along as well. Yeah. Um, but, yes, that's why we were, like, in England and then on that kind of smaller place just so that we could do our own thing without people yeah. interrupting. So, Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. And so by the time, what, you were six, seven, eight years old, were you considered in remission? Yes, I was all cleared when I was six, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, cool. Yes. Um, and then you've settled back in Australia and kind of just had a normal childhood. Yeah, pretty pretty much, yep, yeah, yeah. moderately. <laughs> yeah, cool. And so grow, even into your teen years, like how did you see money as the family handled it? Well, I have always been obsessed with money like I've always gravitated towards money I remember just being like so little and just like sitting there counting my money when I went to boarding school I like made a tuck shop charge criminal rates it was great people paid awesome. for it um a little little money hustler so I've always always been yeah gravitating towards money and then I feel like I saw my parents have a healthy relationship with money um because like we would travel and go to good schools but we wouldn't you know go out to bougie restaurants or buy all these nice clothes or anything like that so it was kind of like a good balance it was like let's put money towards like experiences that are going to enrich our lives not hey let's go buy a fancy new dress mm, yeah so, and what was your family's relationship and even to today, your family's relationship with uh, consumer debt, like credit cards, personal loans, all that crap? Um, well, I know my sister definitely doesn't have any credit cards or debt. Hmm. I think my brother might have a credit card for, like, the points and stuff, but he's also really savvy. Um, and I think my dad also has a credit card for, like, the different ways that you can use it. And also we all travel a lot, so I think they need it for like renting cars and stuff. But yeah, sure. on the whole, really good. I don't have a credit card. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and, for that episode. Yeah. Um, and what, um, so how, when you get paid, like how do you manage your own money at the moment? And are you renting with friends, renting by yourself? Are you in a share house? Do you, do you live permanently in a hostel? What's your living sitch? So my living sitch is renting with, yep. um, with randoms. Cool. Yeah. So when money comes in, I put 
a certain amount into my rent account and then that yep. just always comes automatically out. I always put a little bit extra just so that if I'm ever like away for a week working or something, there's always a bit extra. And then I put enough and a bit more for my bills and then into my food, fuel and fun account. Yep. And then after that, because I have a certain amount of that, and then after that I have percentages that go into my Mojo account, so that's like my emergency, um, into my travel account, my business account, because I'm like surely in the future I'm going to start something and I want to have a bit there, and then my investing account. Yeah, okay. So you're pretty systemized and streamlined in terms of the week-on-week stuff. You've got your account set up and everything's manageable. You don't feel like you have anything that comes out of the blue. No. And then I also have my fire extinguisher account that just has some emergency money. I accidentally got a speeding fine the other day, so it came out of there. Oops. Oh, savage. Oh, no. It's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm like, oh, I don't have to stress. I've, I've prepared for this. I'm just like, I would hate to lose my license. Like, it'd just oh, be so bad. It would. Having oh. a car is just freedom. It really is. What type of car do you have? I have a little little Toyota Yaris. <sighs> Love that. Yeah. Toyotas are good. I've got a Toyota. Oh. Um, so, you've talked about your investing account when you allocate a small percentage to that, you've got your emergency fund in place. Now, you had a big life shock um, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. You've been candid enough to come on and talk about that. So, Let's go to a quick break now and then we'll come back and and chat through what happened and the fallout from that. So, does that sound good? Yeah, sounds groovy. All right, we'll be back, people. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back. Now, Andy had a big life event a couple of years ago that was an outcome of a life event pretty much just after you got through your treatment, right? And how old were you at the time of this life event? I was eight. Yeah, so you've just gone through hell as a family, having a child with cancer, um, five years old, a couple of years later, a few years later, big life event. 
What happened? What happened? Mum um, got cancer and unfortunately her treatment didn't work and so she passed away, um, yeah, when I was eight. Gosh. It's just, I know it's, I, I struggle to um, even know what to ask because it's just, was it the same type of cancer? What was the nature of the cancer? I actually don't know the type of cancer because I guess I was so young and I've mm. actually just never asked my dad about it because I just, I don't want to get him upset, you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. And I and to me, I'm like, I don't actually need to know or care. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it doesn't change the outcome, does it? No. Um, mm. I mean, gosh, they, they say kids are pretty resilient, right? Like- do you look back and go, far out, I actually handled that well? Like what were you going through as, a, as an eight-year-old losing mum? Yeah, I think, I mean, I look back on my childhood and there's actually a lot of holes, but maybe that's just because so much happened mm. that my brain can't just focus on one specific thing. But, yeah, I think that we all did really well considering everything, especially my yeah. dad, like bringing up three kids like, oh, hats off are, to him. Are you the eldest, youngest? I'm the youngest. Middle? So yeah. I the my brother's the oldest and then my sister is in the middle and then Yeah, far yeah. out. So you, a couple of years ago, there was obviously something in the will that said there's an inheritance for you after age 20 or 21. So it was actually tied up in a house, part of a house. Right. And then one family member offered us a really good price to buy us out. And we were kind of like, well, it's part of a house and it's going to family, so it would kind of make sense. So we said yes. And that's why I got it two, three years ago. Yes. Cool. So did that uh, part of the house go to you and your two siblings and your dad? Or was it just the kids only? What was that part of it? Um, it was me and my sister and yep. then my brother has something else. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, and we're not going to talk about amounts, but, you know, half a house anywhere, it's a, it's a big chunk of money. Um, what, like, you knew that was in the background that one day you might get that house or was it actually a surprise in, you know, two years ago? It was definitely a surprise. I was like, oh, schnitzels, okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, Talk us through the process. You get told that there's uh, an inheritance coming um, that was always in the background. Um, what what do you think? Like what first goes through your mind? Yeah, the first thing that came through my mind was definitely kind of stress and, oh, my gosh, I need to take action right away. I was kind of like I need to know exactly what to do. I need to invest it straight away. Don't do anything done with it. Um, but I was putting so much like pressure on myself to do something with it straight mm. away. Yeah. Um, so that was my first reaction. And then, you know, between hearing about it and then it landing kind of in your account, what was that time process? Probably like three or four months. Yeah. So you had a bit of time to simmer on it. It wasn't like, hi, Andy, uh, got some bank coming your way. What's your account? We'll transfer it now. Like it was... <laughs> It yeah, wasn't that yeah. instant. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. That was that was good. I think I kind of just 
didn't really think about it too much. And then when it was in my account, I was like, huh. But I liked that when I saw the figures in my account, mm. I was kind of like, hmm, it's just figures. Like it didn't, you know, change me or anything, which is good. Yeah, because you had already been intentional with your money anyway, right? So, you just yes. saw this not as a, oh, I can pay off all my debt and I need to buy a new car tomorrow and I want to go on a holiday around the world and just blow it all. Yeah, no, no, never. Yeah. Um, although I was like, haha, I should just YOLO buy a Tesla. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Could you imagine? My well, mom would be like, are you serious? <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, we can talk about it. Like, we're not talking specific numbers, but I honestly think like I- any inheritances that we get, we've got to know that we don't want to blow it all, right? But I'm sure the people who want to leave us money would be okay if we get a little bit of enjoyment out of it, right? Yes. I actually listened to, a, I think I'm pretty sure it was a podcast that you did yeah. on inheritance because at first I was like, I'm not going to spend any of it. I'm going to reinvest all of it. But I'm pretty sure it was your podcast that was like, you are allowed to spend a little bit of it and that is okay because I really am such a saver. Like I've, I've really had to learn mm. it's okay to spend money. It's okay yeah. to spend money on yourself. Like it's all right. And that's the, the thing with personal finance, right? Like for me, I have to get to the point where I automate my savings and my investing because that's a really uh, weak part of my life. Uh, mm. But likewise for spenders, it's almost like you've got to somehow automate some type of spending and enjoyment to, you know, buy yourself nice things, you know. Yes. Bloody oh. get, get a massage every two months, like whatever. 100%. That's what I recently just added into my budget, I forgot yeah. to say, is um an account called Piggy Bank. It was going to be called Splurge, but I don't know why, but Splurge just feels like, oh, no, I can't Splurge. So I've just called it my Piggy Bank because you can just use it on whatever you want. So Yeah. And that's it. And it's just having that freedom, right? Mm, so, sure. it was a significant amount of money. Like, so I'll, I'll use an example. Like, if it was $10,000, that's a lot of money, uh, but it's not a quote-unquote life-altering amount of money. Like, mm. it, and it probably could be in some regard, but for a lot of our listeners, um, you know, that might only be 10% of their annual income. So, it's not like- Sure, we're not allergic to money here, but the difference between, say, $10,000 as an inheritance and $5 million, you know, that's a big chasm there. So, you know, while it wasn't on the smaller end, would you say it was a significant amount that was um, whoa or like, oh, that's cool. I can just put that aside and get on with my life. How would you describe the amount? For me, it was like, whoa, because- yeah. At that point, I understood the power of money and the power of compound interest Mm. and how young I am. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, wow, if I do this right, this can really kind of set me up for later in life. So, Yeah. So, it's like you got um, someone's like, oh, take my car for a spin and they throw you the keys (laughs) and it's an Aston Martin. Like, heck yes. Like, you knew that that's a really- special car where it's not, not as if it's like throw the keys and it's like a, a, I don't know, a Yaris. A Yaris. <laughs> like you, 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 you appreciate what you're dealing with. Yes, for yeah. sure. For sure. And then, so what was the pro, what did you do with it? Like, did you have any debt that you cleared with it? Did you? No, the only debt I have goals? is mm. my hex. 
Um, but what I did, I had like a lot of kind of, it was actually a long process. It actually took me a year until I finally actually did invest, which I'm really, really happy I did because I kind of took that year to learn a lot mm. and grow and kind of understand what my long-term money goals are, mm. which obviously makes sense. Did you seek counsel from uh, your immediate family members? Um what was so, the- oh, my sister and I, I'm really glad that I had her along with me um, because we would kind of talk to each other. She, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but yeah, like I'm a lot more money orientated than she is. So I think she was more happy that I was in it with her because she was like, oh, yes, <laughs> Andy will help me. Yeah. Um, but like she's still a very, very smart queen. But mm. I think I'm just a little bit of a nerd with when it comes yeah. to money and investing yeah. and stuff. Um, I did message you actually and you yeah. forwarded me on to um, a lady and I did chat to her to set up a call but my sister actually didn't want to um, see a financial advisor and I think that was because that sometimes you might get a financial advisor who maybe gets commission off recommending a certain fund to invest in or something like that. And for the purpose of everyone else, there is no way in Australia that that's actually possible because it's against the law. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. Well, that's brilliant. See, that yeah. is brilliant. Love to hear it. Yeah. So- um, I have that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do now. And this is why. Like, So, if you- I'll, I'll make an example up. You inherited $5 million, right? And you want to go get advice and they say, yeah, we can recommend how to invest this and manage it for you. There's no hidden commissions in any of the investment products, in any of the super products. You literally pay them a flat fee for the advice. And if you want help ongoing, you would pay them a fee. There's no built-in hidden commission to any investment products in Australia that's actually available for sale in Australia. Yeah. Wow, that's that's fabulous. Well, unfortunately, we didn't go with that lady. I'm just going to be honest. Um, (laughs) Well, but that's also an important thing. For anyone listening that wants to engage with a financial advisor, first and foremost, you're allowed to ask what the, how do they get paid? Yeah. Well, I think that's an important thing to know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, you, you, but you, you reached out, you had an initial chat, got some ideas, did you? Or, yeah, got some ideas. And then my sister was more because we have a family member who is, very successful and they actually are a fund manager. Um, And so my sister was like, why don't we chat to them? And I was like, great idea. So we were very fortunate and we had really good contacts. And so we spoke to them and they were great and they gave us some great advice. I took half of it. I ignored (laughs) half of it. Yeah, it's so funny. It's just so fitting with your own personality, isn't it? (laughs) Well, because whilst they had really good stuff, they also, I was like, what if I put a little bit of YOLO money into Bitcoin? They were like, absolutely not. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then I bought Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Which probably is good. good Only YOLO money. Like money that I was okay if it just completely went to zero. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fine. So what did you end up? doing with it so you decided that you wanted to invest it all uh pretty much but i did save some for a little bit of fun so i used it to buy tickets to go see my mum's family yeah great. um because i was like oh that's a great way to 
do that. Absolutely. I put some money into an emergency fund because that's a podcast I listened to was like put, you know, a good amount because you never know what life is going to throw at you. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Shut up, um, Shut up. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And then I put um, – oh, originally I actually was thinking of buying real estate, but I was so naive back then. I didn't know horse shit about – anything sorry sorry for swearing I didn't know anything about real estate and I was like yeah I want to buy property outright I don't want a mortgage I don't want to be owing money but it's like no like my opinion now I do want to have a mortgage because I want it to be an investment property and get people in there to pay off my mortgage and then like use another loan to go buy another real estate property so you want to leverage up Yes, I was I was searching for that word, and mm. yes, so that's that's in the future I want to do that. But then I kind of was like, okay, actually, I don't want to own a property right now because I was still at uni at the time, yeah. and I was like, I only want to own a property once I have like a really good weekly income coming in, so that if you know a tenant wasn't in there for a week or two, it's you know not going to kill me or something like that. Mm. So I was like, I don't want that stress, and also I move around quite a bit. Um, yeah, how long have you been on Palm Beach? Um, I moved this year. <laughs> yeah. And where were you last year? I was in Brisbane. So, yeah, Brisbane, cool. I've actually been there for a while. So, yeah, it's yeah a long cool. time. Where to next? Uh, I don't know, maybe Sydney, YOLO. <laughs> yeah, come down. Yeah, hells yeah. Um, okay, so you, you, you kind of resolve that, you know, the property thing wasn't at the moment, you're still at uni. Um, you did some holidaying and catching up with family in the UK. Um, so what was left? Either leave it in a bank account or invest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't leave it in a bank account. Ugh. That's why I hated the idea of waiting to invest because I was like, mm. no, like interest rates are just going up. I mean, inflation is just going up and I was like, ah, it's just wasting sitting there. But actually it wasn't because I think what I was originally going to do was stupid, stupid Andy, um, and then smart Andy invested a large chunk of it into a fund. And, oh, this what? was the other twist that I had yeah. is that it was actually in pounds. And so Ugh. then I had the whole like, oh, my gosh, I need to make sure I'm being legal with tax. Um, and I actually did go see an accountant for that and they helped me with the whole tax because I was like, I don't want to accidentally do anything illegal. Yeah, so just on that, there wouldn't have been any tax, was there? There, there wasn't, but I was just, no, but I was nervous about having UK assets. Yeah, and sure. A, in, an Australian citizen. Like, yeah. I just wasn't sure. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I that's right. Yeah, I, I, I just asked that more out of curiosity because, you know, there is a bit of a, a tax treaty with the UK. So, if there was no tax there generally, and again, I know enough about this stuff to be very dangerous. Um it's, there's no inheritance tax here. Um, so yeah. anyway, yeah, okay. So you got some at least structural advice on getting the money in. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, do you want me to tell you the percentages of where the yeah. money went? Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. That's I worked what we're out here percentages. For. Okay, so I put 69% into a fund, a managed fund that was recommended by a family member. What fund um, is that? Sorry? What fund? It's called Fundsmith. It's in the UK. Has oh, so is the money still in the UK? Um, or are you investing? Right. Okay. Yep. yep. Keep going. 
Um, and then I put. <laughs> okay, maybe. Oh, gosh. What are you looking at me weird for? I put 20% into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I put 6% into index funds. What, I put what what fund? Uh, the stuff? ASX and, oh, I forgot the name of it, but the, the top 200. A200? Yeah, the top yeah. 200 in Australia and the top 500 in America. Or yeah, okay, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so 6% there. Yes, and then emergency fund 4% and then spending money 1%. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, you've probably had a bit of a, a tap on the back with the Bitcoin part, have you? <laughs> what, with um, the current yeah. drop? No, I have no regrets. I'm a no, Bitcoin. But, oh, I'm not saying that no oh. regrets. I, I like people um, doing some speculative stuff, but like just that's quite volatile. Yes. So what did it feel like when you put money in and then maybe it might have not been as worth as much very soon after? Yeah. So that's what I spent the year doing was acquiring money mindsets because I think where a lot of people go wrong is that they invest and then there's a dip as there naturally is and then they're like, holy schnitzels, it's down, and then they sell. And I'm like, why the heck would you sell? So I learned a lot about just you know, having a game plan before you invest so that once it's in there, you stick to it. And so I kind of wrote down how long I wanted each investment to be in there for. And pretty much all of it is long-term. Actually, all of it is long-term. And so then, you know, when it went down after the war or whatever, when the war happened, um, I was kind of like, it's all right, I've got a strategy. But with Bitcoin, it was going to the moon. And then Elon Musk tweeted, like, Tesla's not accepting Bitcoin anymore. Yeah. And then it dropped. And I was like, now's my time. Um, <laughs> so I got in there, like, I think at a pretty good rate. But, yeah, I mean, I know it's down at the moment. But I actually don't check my yeah, and that's often at all. That's a, um, a good thing to do, right? Yeah. So what... Um, and I'm just asking random questions here. So mm-hmm. the 69% in Fundsmith, that's still in the um, the UK, yeah, in an account there yeah. in your name? Yeah. Now, do you know what type of fund that is? What do you mean by that? <laughs> like, is it an active fund? Is it um, index? What are they investing in? Oh, okay. Active as in they're actively they're, choosing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like- choosing shares. They're, they're choosing it, but they're all about long-term growth and it's not index. It's actually really random things. Like a lot of them is um, like, what's it called? Like pharmaceuticals. Yeah, so um, I'm just looking here. Oh, yeah? The, the portfolio uh, top 10 holdings at the time of recording this and we're at the end of May pretty much. Um, Microsoft, Novo, Nordisk, I don't know what that is. <gasps> Philip Morris. Ooh. Um, do you know what that is? No, should I? Tobacco cigarettes. <laughs> oh, naughty. Hey, I'm not doing it off morals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, you're telling your story. Um, L'Oreal, Idex, Estee Lauder, McCormick, Stryker, PepsiCo, Intuit. Don't know what they are. Um I'm just having a look here. 
I, I'm not making judgment on your investment. I'm just no, um, you go having for a look. Seventy-three percent is invested in the US, eight point five in France, eight percent in Denmark, five percent in the UK, two and a half percent in Spain, one percent in Finland. So it looks like it's a fund that is an active fund that's out of the UK. So it's it's pretty much like a an international slash Europe fund. Um, almost like 73, 20, yeah, I'm just having a look here. The fund started. By Terry Smith. By Terry Smith. Tezza. Fund Smith. Tezza. You, yeah, the boys. Yeah, Tezza. <laughs> Tezza. Um, uh, Inception. When did it incept? I'm just having a look here. I mean, this means nothing for people listening. <laughs> Um. Anyway, we'll move on. But um, I, I think I just like to to know this, like, because I honestly believe, as your um investing journey does go on, and the mm-hmm. more that you learn, you may choose to bring that money home and invest it here. Yeah. So you've got more control over that. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's great that you've um that you've split that up and you've, you're consciously like, yeah, 4% emergency fund, 1% I'm spending it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And are you, when you add money to your investment account each month, what investment account do you put that in? Currently, I'm just trying to build up my index funds. Yep. Um, and what, yeah. pla- what platform or broker do you use for that? I use self-wealth. Yeah, cool. Oh, I don't know if it's the best well. one. I just it really doesn't matter, to be honest. Yeah. I you know, people will say it probably matters, but I I use self wealth and it's like, yeah, whatever. Um Yeah, cool. And you've got the ASX two hundred fund and a US fund as well that you put money into. Yeah. I bought a bit of a mining company as well, but that was just some YOLO money and it was doing so badly, but it was fun. It was only a little <laughs> bit of money. <laughs> Um, but I here's some homework for you. Okay. I challenge you to find out the Fundsmith fund that you're in because it looks like they've got a, a couple of funds. Um, oh yeah. And just learn about the fund. I'm not yes. like I'm not saying it's good or bad or otherwise. Um, you you know. So okay, there's there's Fundsmith Equity Fund, Fundsmith Sustainable Equity Fund, there's Fundsmith. Emerging Equities Trust, and then there's another one called the Smithson Investing Trust. So it's the first one. It is Fund Smith Equity Fund. Yeah. Yeah. So then you need to go like, all right, well, what are my um, what are my values? And you know, if you want to be more ethical with your investing, you're probably moving your money out of that fund because. You know, top 10 holdings, Philip Morris, they're a tobacco company. And I honestly, I don't care what anyone does with the money. And if if anyone's happy to invest in this fund, including yourself, that's totally fine. I just want you to know what you're investing in and the why. Yes. Um, Where if I had an active investment fund and they were investing in tobacco, via close of business tomorrow afternoon... (laughs) I wouldn't be an account holder anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I just think because you are switched on, right? You 
you're dialed in, you know what you're doing. And and maybe there's that question like, if Fundsmith is a good manager, well, let's have a look at the Fundsmith Sustainable Equity Fund. Yeah, I think that's where I need to work more on. Yeah, because, because I don't know why, but in my mind, like I'm just going to be completely honest, in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I don't really mind that they invest in a t- tobacco company if it's making me money. I mean, if it was a company that was like killing dogs, then I'd be like, oh, hell no. So I guess, yeah, it is. But a company that kills value. people, you don't care. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, your words. <laughs> no, I said dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if, if, if Philip Morris was a tobacco company for dog snacks and it killed dogs, you don't okay, mind okay. <laughs> that Philip Morris makes a product that kills people. Yeah, okay, I need to revisit these models. Yeah, and, and this is these are why I just love, you know, we picked up the microphone and we press record with no real plan, right? We're just chatting. Yeah. And again, you've got to, any investor, once we know what we're investing in and we know how it works, Every single day now that you know that that portfolio is there, you know, and you've got 70% of your wealth in that portfolio. So, that's the lion's share of your wealth. Yeah. Now that you know that you're investing in a company that makes products that is harmful to people and communities and all that stuff and the environment and every day that you now hold that investment fund, knowing that it's doing that, you're kind of making an active choice that you're okay with that. Now, that's not saying you're picking up the phone right now and telling them I'm moving the money. That's to say, now that we learn about what we're investing in, we need to say, look, I'm actually not comfortable with this long-term and I really want to look to see if I can, yeah, get some money down. And I would really encourage you, like, I- and I'm assuming that money's sitting up there in the UK, either it's in your name or someone else's name or a trust in that. Is it in your direct name? Yeah. Yeah. So I think now that it's been some time since you've got that money, like, and you're starting to understand how investments work, maybe it's time to get some advice to bring that capital down and invest it in self-wealth so it's all in your name here in Australia. Mm. Yeah, I actually, um, yeah, I'm planning to go to a financial planner. I'm pretty sure that's the person I'm looking for because I want, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, let me introduce you to James Ridley. Um, He's at Southport. Oh, cool. And he's an advisor and he specializes in international wealth. Cool. Oh, that'd be sick. He's a cool guy. He's been on the podcast He's not getting commission from investments. He's just going to, because it sounds to me like you're happy to get some advice and guidance. You're a little bit gun shy because you thought you might be getting taken advantage of, which is totally fine to say, oh, stepping back, stepping back. But I think if we can somehow work with a wealth advisor like that, who might have access to keep the money in the UK, might have access to bring the money down without paying extra money on it or whatnot. I think because if you plan to live in Australia long-term, would that be a fair comment or are you thinking about moving to the UK? Mm, I wouldn't move to the UK, but maybe like Europe or America. (laughs) Yeah, so I think a decision at some point needs to be made that 
I want to invest most of my wealth where I'm going to probably spend most of my life. If yeah, I that definitely was something that I was like, ah, where do I want mm. the money to be? Like there was a lot of questions, a lot of things. Yeah, so I reckon I'll introduce you to James. And yeah, that'd be sick. Thank for you. Those definitely- who, yeah, for those who are interested, we'll put a link in the show notes. We did an episode with James Ridley and I might actually come back up to the Gold Coast and do another episode with him. He just is the gun with uh, international money affairs and people moving around and expats and all that. No, that sounds awesome. So you like um, dogs over people. Cool. <laughs> okay, I didn't even know that. Okay, it is bad. It is bad that I didn't know that they invested yeah, in tobacco companies. And that's totally fine because you may have seen the um, – and I just kind of said that just to be dramatic and make it fun and make you awkward, but I know we're cool. Get my it. ego was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, you know, in these funds, what you can do with the top investments, I, I've done it before with different investments. Like there's a company, I'm just going to do this now, right? Um, Fundsmith Equities Fund. There's a company here called Striker. I have no idea what that is. Let's Google Striker. Just remove Philip Morris from my <laughs> bloody thing. Oh, Philip. Phil. Um, How would he name a company after himself? I don't know because he's cool and smokes. <laughs> um, Striker. They do medical and surgery equipment. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's a booming industry. McCormick. What's McCormick? McCormick is an American food company that macro- manufactures spices and condiments. Cool, cool, cool. Yum. We know what Estee Lauder is. IDEX, don't know what that is. IDEX Labs is an American multinational corporation engaged in development, manufacture and distribution of products and services for the companion animal, veterinary, livestock, poultry, water testing and dairy markets. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I would check out IDEX Laboratories because I don't know if they're up to some sexy, interesting stuff that might harm animals or... They're legitimate. No idea. Novo Nordisk. What do they do? Uh, Novo Nordisk is a Danish multinational pharmaceutical company. So, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting companies in there. And and this is the thing, like, yeah, we know now that, you know, the lion's share of your wealth is in a fund that is maybe got some questionable companies in there. The question is, what do we do? And- yeah. And I think if there's been a good result of this podcast, we've just kind of chatted th- things out. People have heard your story. Um, you've been through a lot of crazy stuff growing up. I just can't believe that. Yeah, it's been you're a while, res- You're resilient, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you thank you. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything else that you wanted to just chat about before we press stop on the podcast? Um. What do you think about the statement, money doesn't buy happiness? Um, it sure helps. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like money doesn't buy happiness. Money gives you options. Yes. And Units of choice. Yeah. And that's it. And with options, we can live a more balanced life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can have all the money in the world and have some undiagnosed mental health issues. The money's not fit and, fix and squat. No, uh, you can you can have all the money in the world and lose a loved one. The money's yes. not fixing squat. Yeah. Um, money's a tool. Money, I honestly believe, as much as we need to invest 
to look after future us and not be wasteful, we need to hold money loosely and be fluid and agile to be generous where we can. And um, Mm. because as soon as we hang on to money, money's got us. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, we need to make sure that we've got money, we've got control, that it doesn't have us. Yes. I love that. You were actually the person who made me, I remember you doing a really good episode talking about how we should give even when we don't have much because you don't want to then be a millionaire and still have no giving muscle. I remember that because I was a uni student at the time and I was like, huh, I do have a bit to give even if it's just a little bit. Well, even $5 a month can change someone's life around the world, right? Yes. The Malaria Foundation apparently is the yes. most efficient way. Absolutely. Life You Can Save, we support that and that's one of their top foundations. So That's who you interviewed. Yeah. Have yeah, Peter Singer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, that's cool. I love um, catching up with old friends. Like you're an old friend of mine. We've, oh, we've known absolutely. each other for an hour now and, <laughs> you know, you've been a long-time listener and a long-time friend of the podcast and, yeah, you've got your head screwed on. I mean, like you had every chance to get that money and go on a blowing thousands and thousands of dollars of it. And that's not honoring your mother's wealth and hard work and her inheritance if it was handed down through the families. So Yeah, no, definitely not. It's um I, I say you like with inheritances, if you're buying growth assets, you'll never lose that money. Mm, so if you buy that. property for the long term, if you buy equities for the long term, that money's never lost. Sure, over time you might draw down five thousand dollars, which could be seen as a little bit of cap uh, interest or dividends. But that capital, we put it to work, uh, we'll never lose that inheritance, and that's the true honour of being a custodian of wealth that's handed down to us. Yes, hundred percent. I think that's so awesome. Like the power that money has. Mm, love it. Love it. Lo- love it. Not money. Well, I don't mind. I'm not allergic to money, and I love it that it gives me options, but. Yes. I yeah, I'm very generous if someone's in need and I see in need and You are. I see all the things you donate to. Yeah. And well, you just gotta help others, right? If you're in a position to. Hundred so. percent. All right, well, we will leave it there. Andy Bentley, thanks so much for sharing your story from your corner of the world. Ah, oh, thank you for having me and letting me share it. All right, Andy, thank you. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.